0: We've been looking uh, recently at a couple of different areas. We've been looking at um, how we um, are called to love God, how we're called to love our neighbours, and also um, how we're called to love those around us. I want to focus today more so on um, love your neighbour. Um, so I've, I've just got um, what God might say if we were driving past on a billboard. Um, is that what they call them? Is that American or is that, is that what they call them here? Uh, is that, yeah? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, but while you're driving past in the busyness of your day, you might say, oh, by the way, that, that love, love thy neighbour thing, I actually meant that. Um, so I'm really excited about today. Um, it's, it's sort of a message that I felt um, I've been, been um, holding on to for um, a number of months. And so when Matt came and, and spoke to me and asked to come up, um, I, was, I was more than happy to. So I'm excited. I hope you are. So I want to look at the, the idea of, of the culture that we live in. Um, if you define culture, it's the ideas, customs and social behaviour of a particular people or society. Now in Australia, um, that means for us, our, our particular culture, we tend to be laid back, we tend to speak our minds, um, we interact with people generally based on, on respect. When we, when we talk to them, we look at people in the eye. Um, We have nicknames for everything. And often among men in particular, we talk about sport, weather, business, politics, you name it, anything except for the way we feel. Um, And so as part of that, we often speak our minds, but we we don't dive into the emotions of what's actually going on in life and what we're actually feeling and what we're actually experiencing. Um, often if, if someone says something and they 're critical to us or critical of us um, and, and it starts to affect us, we we put on this mask and we say she 'll be right and and we don 't allow it to actually um, affect us we don 't allow us to to experience the emotions that um, that God has given us. Um, often we find in the Aussie culture um, one way people bring themselves up is to put other people down. Um, and so often we, we're in a culture of a lot of negativity where we're all trying to fight each other to, be, to make ourselves feel better than the other person. Um, and this is it's something that I, I probably experienced um, a number of years ago um, and observed a lot of um, to the point where I, at one stage, had to cut a lot of people out of my life because I didn't want to deal with the negativity and I needed a positive influence around me but the problem with doing that, so it was a good decision, but the problem was that nobody around me actually knew why I was doing it. So even though I'd, I'd assessed in myself that this is, this is a downward spiral if I keep going, I'd made that decision, but I still was putting on a mask. So I still wasn't um, opening myself up and allowing the people around me to see the way I was actually feeling. Um, and you see a lot of that today in the culture that nothing gets to an Aussie, nothing affects us. But the same way every single person is putting on a mask in some way. And so whether it might be you, it might be the person down the street, we're all, we're all affected by the culture that we live in. So often we find that our conversations can be very surface level and we don't dive into the deep and meaningful areas. Um, and I think this is probably a bigger issue for, for men In the society today. Um, So, the title I want to title my message Real Men Cry. (laughs) Some more so than others. If you saw me at, uh, I should thank um, my wife for putting my PowerPoint together. She's done an amazing job. Um, but if you saw me at, at our wedding uh, a couple of months ago, then um, the waterworks were well and truly on. Um, but that's good, that's good. But there's often a real stigma around men in particular feeling their emotions. Now I'm not targeting this at men in particular because it applies to all of us. But as men, we're called to, to lead our homes, we're called to lead our wives, we're called, called to lead our families. And so if we're going to do that, then we need to take a step and we need to um, accept this um, and we need to allow this this message to penetrate our hearts. Um, we know from, from Jesus' teachings that these were the greatest commandments. The first one was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second one, love your neighbour as you love yourself. There is no greater commandments than these two, he said. And so when you look at the second one, that's what we're going to look at today. When you think about how much we love ourselves, it makes us really question whether we love our neighbour as much as we love ourselves. Um, I saw this um, advertisement the other day. It reminds me actually of a message that Matt spoke. Um, I can't remember how long ago and where... He addressed the notion of me, where everything we do is about me. What am I getting? Um, what am I giving? What am I, How does it affect me? Um, and, and it was interesting, some of the advertisements that we see now. Um, this, um, it was known as Members Equity Bank. I think they've actually might have changed the name now to Me Bank. Um, and uh, we were at the cinemas the other day and there was an ad that came on and all it says is me and it... it um, it's just me into, into the words of a different song, into the tune of a different song. And it's funny how that kind of advertisement actually affects us because first and foremost, we think about me. We even look at the, where we live, um, the city of Melbourne. And that was an advertising campaign they used a number of years ago. I don't know if they still use it. Um, but we don't just live in the city of Melbourne. We're told that we live in the city of me. So how does it affect me? So if you look at these kind of things, how much we think about ourselves, we really love ourselves. We really think we're a pretty big deal, don't we? And so then when you kind of try and try and change that and talk about this commandment, to love your neighbour as you love yourself, that's a pretty big commandment. That's a pretty big statement. Um. I wonder how many of us can relate to this, this conversation. I wonder how many of us might have even done it this morning. When you see someone, you ask, how are you? And what do they say? Good yourself. And what do you say? Good. And so, so it's funny, the, the standard conversation that we formed over time. Now, the reasons that we might do that, you might not have time oh, we're just coming late, church is about to start. How are you going? Good, yep, good. All right, no worries, cool, everyone's good. But sometimes you might not feel like going deeper than that. Um, now, I'm not saying this is necessarily wrong or right at any point of time, but the third one is one that um, is probably where we're going to look at more today. You don't want to deal with the emotions and the vulnerability that comes along with what's behind that question. So the, the reality of getting further than I'm good and what's actually going on is actually going to affect us and we're actually gonna have to draw out inner emotions. How are we actually feeling? What's behind that mask that we've all put up? Um, and so that's, that's, that's where I, I wanna look um, today. Um, I'm not saying that with the, that bottom line that we all have to go up to everybody on the street and, and everyone that you see, now tell me, tell me your deepest emotions. What's going on? Uh, that's probably a better way to get a restraining order um, than a relationship. Um, obviously, we need to have certain people in our lives we have that relationship with and others we don't. But um, the, the, the point of what I'm talking about is that we need to learn to deal with these emotions. We need to learn to accept them because God has given us these emotions. Often, even when we watch the news, um, especially lately, um, there's a, a lot of pretty horrible things going on around around us. Um, and so there's a possibility that when we watch the news, we do a couple of different things. Um, often, we might feel the burden of of a sad news story. We might um, actually feel the weight of what's happening in the world and what's happening in their lives. Um, we might feel guilty that we have it better. Um, And we might close ourselves off. We might hear the problem and see that the problem's too much for us. And so we close ourselves off to protect ourselves. We make ourselves numb to what's actually happening out there because it's too much for us to handle. Um, So we might even turn it off just to avoid this. Um, Because sometimes the emotions that start to arise out of that aren't good ones. And we all like feeling warm and fuzzy inside at the end of the day. But I, I just think we can't afford to be numb to, the, to what's going on. We can't afford to be numb to the surroundings. We actually need to experience the fullness in our spirit of what's going on in the world around us. We need to accept that, that we're living in a broken world at the moment. And, and you know, that's the reality of our situation. And so we need to, our spirit needs to feel the weight of what's happening around us because um, if we want if we want to be in a position where we can love our neighbor the way we love ourselves, these are the emotions that we need to embrace. This is how we need to feel inside. Um, we need to feel a burden spiritually. Um, actually, I was going to try and come up with less notes today, and that that didn't work. Um, but I want to tell you a little bit today. Um, about my journey, the journey that God's had me on for the last couple of years. Um, And some of you might have heard parts of this, um, but I just want you to be patient with me. Um, Because during during our recent trip in uh, September to Fiji, God really showed me what it was like to embrace a heart um, broken for his people. Um, during the first trip, which was November 2014, um, we went with a few guys, um, Steve, Joel, Matt, and, um, and Ray and Mark. Um, and it was, it, was, it was funny, wherever we went that trip, we were seeing everyone was getting healed. Um, I'd never seen anything like it. It wouldn't matter where we were, what we were doing, um, who we were speaking to, praying for. They seemed to be getting healed every single place we went. And it was quite incredible. And so then we went to, um, towards the end of the trip, we went to a rehab hospital in Suba. And um, there was a man there named Sam. And now uh, he'd, had, he'd had tuberculosis for the past nine months. Um, and while we were talking to him, the way, he, the way he, he looked at you, the way he spoke to you, made you feel like you were actually doing something. Um, even though for us, it was so minimal. And while we were talking to him, while we were praying for him, he sat up and with tears running down his face, he said, one day I'm going to be well. One day my God will heal me and I'll be walking around sharing the news like you you are. So this man was going to be healed and he knew it and he knew it and he had, he had probably more faith than anybody that we'd seen um, so far and everyone else had been healed, so why not this guy? Um, but sometimes... Sometimes God has other plans. Um, so last year when we went back in September, I went up to the nurses at the rehab centre and I asked them what happened to him and they found out that he passed away in January um, last year and it was, which was four months after we'd been there. Um, now, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do anything when I heard that. All I did, I stood there and I cried. And I'd never felt I remember feeling I'd never felt so broken about somebody I'd I'd hardly met. And at at the time I didn't understand it. I was I was angry. I thought, why why God? Why why wouldn't you heal this guy? He had so much faith. You know, it wasn't fair that, that this man didn't get healed when everyone else did. It didn't seem right because he had a message to share. He had something to give. And turns out maybe he does, but it wasn't the way. It wasn't through him then. Maybe it's through me now. Because at that time, the Lord spoke to me ever so clearly. And he he said these words. Ben, if you want to be able to love the way I've called you to love... You need to learn the way I to hurt. You need to learn to hurt the way I do. Now what does that actually mean? Because at that time all I could think about was why did this guy not get healed? But the reality of this is that no matter if he was healed now or later on, that as humans, it is our condition that we are all subject to death. And that's, that's the reality. That's the reality that one day we're all going to die and we'll either go to heaven or we'll go to hell. And that's the desperation that we, that we need to feel, that we don't know when that is. You know, this guy could have been healed. We don't know what his journey would have been. But at some point, we're all going to die. For a long time, I, I always, always wanted to be able to love the way that God has called us to love. But I didn't actually know how to experience and how to embrace what I was feeling. Um, I was so used to putting on a face and, and hiding behind that, um, like, like so many people we see in society are. But what we need is for God just to break our hearts, for the things that break his and out of that, we we can, we we humble ourselves into a position where we can just love, um, with no no hidden intentions, no ulterior motives. All we're doing is just loving for the sake of loving, because we've been called to. I think probably when I was sitting in the rehab hospital, God would have been up up sitting up upstairs somewhere and just saying, "Now you get it. Now you've finally got it. This is the pain." This is the heartache that I go through every time somebody on earth has an injustice done against them. This is the, the heartache I feel for the world that we have. This is the heartache I feel every time someone's betrayed. This is how I feel every time someone chooses not to follow me. Now we've been given a command to love your neighbour as you love yourself. So now we need to understand that it's, it's desperate, that we um, accept that, that we allow God to penetrate our hearts, that we um, stop putting up the walls, stop putting up the barriers and just allow him to come in um, and meet us where we're at and just break our hearts. Um, I want to look at um, the story of, of Lazarus this morning. Um, we all all probably look at it and recognise it as um, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and that's the cool part of the story Um, it's pretty cool but I reckon there's something else which is pretty cool Um, now a man named Lazarus was sick he was from Bethany the village of Mary and her sister Martha Mary whose brother Lazarus now lay sick was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped His feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. So from this we know that that Jesus loved Lazarus, and He probably could have stopped him from dying in the first place, but He, he allowed it to happen so that um, He could glorify the Son of God. Um, we're going to do a bit of reading, so I apologize if that's not your thing. Uh, But I just want to go through the story quickly. Um, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she, after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. They replied, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. So so back, back in the um, culture, often the, the the Jewish culture, they believed that the spirit of the body stayed with um, the man, for the, the person for up to three days. So by the fourth day, there was no doubt that they were dead. Um, so they'd been there four days. So Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you're always... You always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. So that was from John 11:21 to 44. So often we we read that story and we, we, fair enough, it's pretty pretty amazing. Um, Jesus raises someone from the dead. Um, But I want to focus in on, um, in that passage, um, a couple of verses in particular. Um, Hopefully that's not too dark. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled where have you laid him he asked come and see lord they replied jesus wept then the Jews said see how he loved him but some of them said could not he who opened the eyes of a blind man have kept this man from dying so first thing i want to i want to point out is the the actual word they used um, in the first part of that, which is um, verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping. The word um, that they used in the Greek actually refers to a loud wailing, um, a loud cry, um, desperate mourning, um, as though they were mourning over the loss of a loved one, um, someone that they, they didn't want to die they, they, you know you know what it's like if you've, if you've ever um, lost a loved one um, that's, the, that's the weeping that was spoken of um, by the others and then when we keep reading um, and we read that Jesus wept it's not actually the same word that's used so the the Greek word that's used when Jesus wept wasn't one that implies loud grief, um, but one which um, it was like a quiet, quiet weep. It was like a sob. Um, it was the fact that, um, you know, I think sometimes we look at this and we think Jesus wept over the body. Um, J- Jesus wept for the same reason as, as the others. Um, but they go on to say, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? He knew that Lazarus was going to die. He knew that Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead. There's no reason why he would be crying um, over that. Jesus was moved in spirit. He was moved um, inside and out of that, that moved him to tears. Jesus' heart that day was broken for the frailty of man. The fact that we are all subject to death, uh, no matter how much money we have. No matter how how many good works we do, no matter how many friends we have, no matter how popular we are, no matter our social status, we are all subject to death. He said to, to Martha in verse 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. This is what was moving Jesus. This is what he was talking about, that, that it's a desperate time, that the commandment that we have to love our neighbour is desperate because um, we are all subject to death. Um, it's not always a nice message to hear. It's not one that makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And so that's why when we look at it in our situations, that's why I wanted to call it Real Men Cry, because it's, it's so crucial that as men in particular we get this, that we understand, um, because we, we have a calling to lead our wives, to lead our families. Um, and so it can start with us. Um, but women, that doesn't, that doesn't cancel us out. Um, because they cancel you out yeah. <laughs> thanks Carol I'm just playing both roles up here I need someone next to me doesn't cancel you out because the calling was the same love your neighbour as you love yourself and so the truth is that, that Jesus is the resurrection he is the life those that believe in him will live But those that don't will end up in hell for eternity. So this is why we must allow, we must stop the masking. We must stop putting on a face. We need to allow our hearts to be broken for the things that break God's. We need to embrace what we're actually feeling inside. We need to deal with it. Because sometimes it might not just be dealing with our issues, but it might be dealing with, with what someone else is going through inside. And we need to be in a place where we, we're able to, to deal with that. We need to be able, in a place where we can embrace that, where we can feel a burden in our spirit and where we can love as God has called us to love. So I want to ask you um, today, how many times have you ever said, God I want to be able to love people the way you do because it's something that I said for a long time um, and something I really struggled to be able to do I'd spend time saying God I really, I really want to love people the way you do I really want to be able to love my neighbour the way that I love myself but I, I just don't know how I don't know what that looks like um and so when he, when he spoke to me that day, he said, God, I, he said, Ben, I want to break your heart. I need to break your heart because if you can't have a broken heart, then you're not going to be able to love. And I think that's what he's saying to us today. God calls us to love our neighbour. He calls us to make disciples of all nations. He's called each and every one of us to to reach those in our schools, in our workplaces, in our families, in our communities, in our churches, um, in our city um, how can we reach our neighbours with the most powerful weapon that we've been given and that's love but so often I think we and this is what I did for a long time, if you think of it as a scale you've got love at one end um, and we think of love as a one-sided sort of emotion like a one-sided thing that we do and we want to reach the end, but we're only willing to, on the other side of that, we're only willing to hurt a small amount. And so if you're only willing to to hurt a small amount, I think you're actually only able to love a small amount. So we need to expand that scale, if that makes sense, um, so that we can love in a true capacity that God wants us to. I want you to, to ask yourself if, if this message resonates with you, if this is something you think you're reflecting in your life, how well do you love your neighbour? Because for a long time in mine, I didn't know how to love everyone. Um, and maybe that's how you're feeling today. Some of you, you might, you might look at this and, um, and think this is something that you do really well. And that's, that's a really good place to be in. but we need to get around those that, that um, need the encouragement this morning. You may be sitting here today and and you really, really want to love your neighbour. You may have the best intentions. For a long time, I did. And I didn't know how to feel that burden because I was trying to be tough. And and that's often what we do as men. We try and be tough. And so we need we need to be soft. We need to be, to be gentle giants almost. Um, like Trent, Trent said, be gentle giant. I would say, God, break my heart for what break your, breaks yours. But each time he tried to, I would shut myself off and I would hide away. I would go back behind the mask and then we'd start at the, at the beginning and we'd try and do that again and again. Because I was numb to feeling any pain. I was numb to feeling that spiritual burden because if it didn't affect me, it didn't affect anyone. Um, So wherever you're at today, wherever you you feel yourselves at, the second greatest commandment he gave us is to love your neighbour as you love yourself. And he uses people with broken hearts. So I ask you, do you want to love the way that God calls you to love? Are you prepared to feel your heart breaking for the things that break his, so that you can, so that you can reach that level of love that he calls us to have? I really believe there's a lot of um, lot of power in the words that we sing, and so I found myself, um, I find myself that to be one of those people that really has to believe what they're singing, or they they kind of won't sing. because what's the point if you're singing words that you don't mean? Um, and there's a sp- song that's spoken to me for a number of years. Um, most of you will have heard it. Most of you will have sung it. Um, but I want you to ask yourself, have you ever really thought about the lines that we sing when we sing it? The song is Hosanna. And, and one line where we sing, Break my heart for what breaks yours. What does that mean for you this morning? The other one is show me how to love like you have loved me. So what does that mean for you this morning? For a long time, I'd, I'd sing those lines and I really meant what I was singing, but I didn't understand the power and the reality of what that meant. And I wasn't prepared to go there. So I would sing it, I would mean it, but I don't think I was ready to explore what that meant spiritually. Maybe this morning you're sitting here and you're feeling the same way that I was. So as we, as we sing this song this morning, I want you to really reflect on what you're singing, what you're asking God to do. Do we want God to break our hearts to a point where we're comfortable? Like I was for a number of years. Do We want to experience God breaking our hearts in the same way the same, the same way that Jesus felt that day with Lazarus, where He was reduced to tears, seeing the desperation of the world we live in. Do we want the heartbreak and the heartache of the world that we're living in today to move us to act out of compassion? and love for those around us. Are we really ready to follow that commandment? Are we really ready to love our neighbours as much as we love ourselves? Father, are we, um, I'm just going to pray and then, and then the guys are going to sing Hosanna. Yeah. Father, we just thank you that you're a good God, that you love us, Father. And God, we know that sometimes we don't measure up and sometimes we put up walls, Father, but God, we just just pray this morning that that you'll tear those down, Father, that you'll do a work inside of us that we need, Father, that only you can do what you need to do, Father. So as we reflect this morning, God, I just pray that each person opens up their hearts, Father, that each person will... Um, Take an honest look at where we're at personally. Um, And God, allow you to to do a work, to just, um, just show us what it means to have our hearts broken for the things that break shores, Father. Show us how to love the way that you've called us to love so that we can live a life that's almost worthy of you. so that we can live a life which acts out that commandment to love your neighbour as you love yourself. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.